Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by the UPS Store Canada. Well, hello there. It's time for another episode of the Standing By podcast. Is that a weird way to open the podcast, Ted? I think it might be. Eh? Well, what are you going to do? A song and dance number? Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring my tap shoes and my uh, my top hats in the cleaners. So we've no. never been known to stand on ceremony, Terry. No, no, especially now that it's uh, podcast is full of um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's full of. Uh, um, not shit. shit. It's full of. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of um, uh, in informality. Yes. Casual. Yeah. Well, of course, we were never ca- we were never formal or casual when we were on uh, on the radio either. We have never stood on ceremony in any circumstance. Yeah, you said that. Actually, I should have just let that sit there, mm-hmm. speak for itself, instead of trying to do uh, an ad on there. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine and dandy. First, uh, before we do anything, we have to say thank you to our title sponsor, the UPS Store Canada. How about them guys, eh? And uh, at this time of the year, especially, we were recording this just weeks before Christmas 2022. And uh, this is the time of the year where, as we just went through in our house, my wife, Jess, had to get boxes of stuff back to the family uh, in, uh, in, uh, the Laurentians. So you start wrapping presents and putting stuff in boxes and, um, you realize that you need help and where you want to go is the UPS store. A lot of people consider the UPS store just for business for things like handling documents, getting labels, uh, and, uh, all other, all other manner of things that may have to do with running a small business. But also if you got to get presents, to the Laurentians uh, from British Columbia, they can help you with that too. They can box it up for you, make sure nothing fragile gets broken, and uh, and get it there uh, lickety split of the UPS Store Canada, run by an entrepreneur in your neighborhood. There's over over 360 locations of the UPS stores across the country, and we thank them for supporting the Standing By podcast. Uh, David Drucker and all of his affiliates across the country are our title sponsor, and uh, we thank them for that. I like that expression, lickety split. That's an old one, eh? It sounds like a, a, a Pornhub <laughs> category, a lesbian <laughs> subgenre Pornhub category. <laughs> are we going to get in trouble now? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't David, either. David, David and... And company have a have a good sense of humor, and I meant you know I meant they can get you there in a hurry. I know what, what you I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that uh, expression in a long time. Lickety split. Yeah, it popped into my head, and I'm not sure why. I was saying to somebody the other day that um, I'm I'm not as uh, I'm not as quick because you're on the air every day. You're much quicker than I am when we do these podcasts. And for the first time since we started the podcast, I'm not sitting across from you. I'm sitting across from you virtually because I'm, you know, 5,000 kilometers on the other side of the country. Um, but I'm my my brain, I find my brain isn't as sharp because I'm not on the radio every day. Well, I think your brain is like any other muscle in your body. Mm-hmm. I don't know if technically your brain is a muscle, but I think the more you, the more you use it, um, yeah. the sharper it is. That's yeah. why I do crossword puzzles on the regular. Yeah. And also uh, I do Wordle every day, and I've also found... 
uh, an additional Wordle site besides the five-letter Wordle in the New York Times. Uh, there's uh, a Wordle site called Wordle Weekly, but Weekly is spelled W-E-K-E-L-E, and they have uh, puzzles of up to eight letters. Wow. And that'll tax your brain, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah, my, my mom is a, a big, big word game person. She loves the crossword puzzles and, and plays online with people all around the planet. And uh, she's a big believer in, in that uh, keeps you sharp. I'm, I've never been a big word game person. And I, I do notice uh, that uh, I'm not as quick on my feet because I'm not on the air every day like I used to be. Um, and I'm okay with that for now because uh, that's what being retired is all about. Yep. You know, you want to give yourself a little bit of a break. Although I'm still active on um, on uh, social media, I, I created a bit of a shitstorm for myself on Twitter yesterday uh -oh. or the day before. What, what did you do now? But, it's usually know, me who's doing that. You know it, it, this is why I want to talk about this, Ted, because it was so stupid. I thought it was just so dumb. Uh, that it created this kind of um, shit. Well, for me, it was a shit storm. So the other day, I go into the local IGA here, and I'm picking up a couple of things at a store we don't normally shop at because it's close. It takes, you know, four minutes to get there by car. Um, so if, you know, Jess is making something in the kitchen and she says, oh, cripes, we're out of that, da, da, I can run over to the IGA and pick it up. So the other day I was doing that. And when I was looking for something, I found a package of bacon for, get a load of this, Harvest Bacon at IGA, $15.69 a package. I saw the picture. Right. So I tweeted out at our IGA yesterday, you can claim inflation, supply issues, oil prices, and whatever other shit you like, but this is an out-and-out -out price gouge. These grocery chains are having a field day. And I was just getting the, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you've gone shopping recently, everybody knows the inflation story. Um, and, you know, things that used to be $1.97 are now $2.27. You know, things that you got used to buying for X amount of bucks have gone up 20 cents, 30 cents. And I get it. That's what inflation is all about. But you can't convince me that the big companies are choosing some products and thinking, hey, everybody's talking about inflation. Let's jack that up a buck and see what we can get. Of course they are. Right? That That's all I was trying yeah. to say with the tweet. Isn't that how capitalism works? Yeah, and I get that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a capitalist, and yeah. I'm okay with that. But bacon at, at seven, 16 bucks a pack you can stuff that up your arse. Oh, absolutely. I, and what did I, a package of bacon... I don't remember the last time I bought a package of bacon, but it seems to me I couldn't have paid more than $5 for it. Well, yeah. Well, you can't. Now it's 8 9 10 bucks. You can sometimes find it on sale for $5.97, $6.97, whatever. And we don't buy it that often either. Once in a while, we buy bacon. And when we do, we buy it from our local butcher. If I want to make a BLT or we feel like having a, you know, a big breakfast on the weekend, whatever... Anyway, so I post this thing, and I figure, you know, what do you get, Ted? I usually get, like, four likes and maybe one retweet once in a while. Yeah, yeah. And I and I thought it was it was a pretty, uh, it, it was innocuous. I thought the, the, the tweet was innocuous. Anyway, for two days, I couldn't get near my, my, uh, my, my feed. Um, this tweet has 
3,353 likes, 663 retweets. Jesus. 629 replies, and it's been seen 285,000 times. And people have come at me with, you shouldn't be eating bacon. You, oh. you should be a vegetarian. Don't you know how capitalism works? What's wrong with you? Why would you pay $15 for bacon? Like, it's unbelievable. People saw the picture, didn't read the tweet, and jumped to all kinds of conclusions. People are blaming me because I'm, you know, bacon is so expensive because you're friends with your stupid prime minister. Like, there's... I, I just I I found that it was it was kind of stunning to me that something so innocuous had that kind of reaction. And the other thing that that bugged me about it was all I was saying was I think companies are fooling around with the inflation narrative. I don't I wouldn't put it past Loblaws, Safeway, Bravigo, whoever you want to say, looking at a couple of items and saying. Hey, Bob, put that up 30 cents. We'll blame it on inflation. The same way hotel chains and other businesses took advantage of COVID. Yeah. yeah. And and I just, uh, I, I was stunned by it. And, and Jess said, my wife said to me, why don't you take the tweet down? Because, no. you know, it was overwhelming anything I wanted to put on there about the podcast or about our Saturday morning show, whatever. Um, and it, it's, um, it's amazing to me to watch people on social media they either miss your point, don't read what you're saying, or look at the picture and decide um, what they they decide to tell you how you live your life. That you know, bacon is bad for you. You shouldn't be eating it. You should be a very vegetarian. Don't you know what you're doing to the pigs? I I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't even talking about bacon. Pigs are people too, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, but listen to <laughs> bacon is the least. Bad thing you could do to a pig, considering what I've been doing to them. <laughs> Speaking of Pornhub subgenres. <laughs> but listen, to me, like you're focused on the wrong thing. To me, the number of likes and the number of retweets suggest yeah. to me that the overwhelming majority of people agree with right. what you said. So you're right. focused instead on the people who are reacting negatively. And right. if you didn't get ratioed, you know what I mean by ratioed? No, please explain. Ratioed on Twitter means if you got 600 people responding to it and you only got 150 likes, that means you got ratioed. I see. And that, that's that suggests that people are overwhelmingly in disagreement with you. Oh, when okay. you get ratioed, that means that that you've you've put your foot in your mouth, or you've said something stupid, or you've invited criticism or controversy. You okay. did not get ratioed. If you've got over three thousand likes on that, yes. and you've only got six hundred and some comments, you yes. did not get ratioed. The overwhelming okay. majority of people agree with you. Even so the uh, it, it's it struck a chord vis-a-vis -vis the inflation narrative that I was one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Poseidon. Yeah, and, I, and listen, I, I I agree with you 100%. I'm a capitalist. I Listen, try and charge what you want to charge and see if people will will fall for it. Well, the other part of capitalism is you don't have to buy it if you don't want to. And that's I'm not and, buying bacon anymore, not at not at those prices, not no. not at not at half that price I'm not buying bacon. I don't need it that bad. No. And and we, you know, like I said, we eat it, I don't know, maybe 3-4 times a year. 
And I, I, I took a picture of it and walked by it. I would never pay, you know, whenever I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, I just keep walking. Were you on your way to pick up the $8 iceberg lettuce? <laughs> no, I also <laughs> walked by that. <laughs> but don't you agree with me? Would you? I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility well, that companies aren't doing the, hey, everybody's talking about inflation. Maybe we can cut our prices. Can I, can I give my opinion? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think you just made an uh, observation, and then people, a bunch of people, a bunch of idiots in the comments just jumped to conclusion. That's what I think. Okay. That, but that's just – because you're, you're just, you know, you're like – you can blame whatever you like. You're, you're not putting a specific thing on it. You're just saying that it's fucking – it's a bit absurd, which it is. It's 100% absurd. I saw cherries, uh, a bag of cherries. Guess how much it was, Terry? A bag of cherries. A bag uh, of cherries. $9. Uh, $22. <laughs> What? I swear to God. I, sh I should have taken a picture oh, of it, actually. On. $22 what? fucking dollars. Were you at a market? I was at a supermarket. But who, who's I was at Metro. $22 okay. for cherries? Like, who looks at a bag of cherries and goes, yeah, that's reasonable. Although the, <laughs> the, <laughs> even, if you, even if you have the money in your pants, like, even if you don't, you know, I, yeah. I there was a time in my life where <clears throat> when I worked in Calgary, I was making very, very good money. And I never looked at the price of anything. I grabbed what I wanted and I brought it to the cash. But, yeah, but you know, I, I, I'm in the same mentality, but I don't appreciate getting screwed over. Yeah. So even if you have the money, like $22 for cherries yeah. you know, is, is uh, criminal. You know who spends $22 for cherries? Is Ooh. someone who uses them as a garnish for a cocktail and they're already fucking hammered when they get to the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. 22 bucks. Huh? Yeah, fuck it. Get them. <laughs> a, I gotta fucking buy them. And then they woke up like, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> well, how yeah. can I do this to myself? Yeah, wake up immersed in cherry regret. They go to an AA meeting the next day. I spent $22 on a bag of cherries, man. I've hit rock bottom. Excuse and everyone's me. like, $22 on cherries? <laughs> I don't know. What do you use? What, what uh, cocktail would you use a cherry in? Any idea? Uh, I Listen, I... Uh, you know, I, it's been a long time since I ordered a Pink Lady or a Singapore Sling. Yeah, is that but, what cherries are used in? Well, it's those fancy cocktails, and usually yeah. what they do is they 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 use those bar cherries. You know, the maraschino cherries that yeah. are really really sweet to the taste. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah the cherries you would get at a supermarket are a totally different cherry. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Here's what I don't get. What? How come a pack of bacon is sixteen dollars? But $16 at Costco uh, would buy you uh, most of a, of a big thing of like eight or ten pork chops. They both come from a pig. Why is bacon so much more expensive than a pork chop? Is it because it's, uh, there's, there's more that goes into making it? I guess. Processing I, it? Yeah, that would be my, my assumption is there's... There's more uh, to the processing of it, and 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 some of the people on the the tweet that I that we're talking about pointed out that hey, this is thick cut bacon. It's always been expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, well, your ass, you know, thick. I don't. I anyway. I I just I think what's happening is that people are really really noticing the inflation at the grocery store, which is a serious topic. Especially if you've, you know, if you've got a family and you're trying to put food on the table, uh, see, this is really, you know, this is really be becoming uh, 
quite something. And you notice it when you, I, I'm, you probably notice it too, Ted, Poseidon, you, you put like, I don't know, half a dozen things on the grocery belt, you know, and the woman says it'll be twenty eight fifty, and you think, shit, did I, did I really spend that on this few groceries? Yeah, I notice that all the time. I have to, I go to the IGA to pick up a few things and a few yeah. things are $43. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember, you know, this, this again, sounds like uh, reminiscing. I remember when I would stand in front of the bank machine, you know, when I was in my 20s in Winnipeg and think, ah, do I take out 20 bucks this weekend or, or 40? And if I take out 40, I probably won't be able to pay the hydro bill. So I'll just take out 20 yeah. for the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Right. 20 bucks for the weekend. Now, like, you know, I, I said to a cashier the other day, I handed her a $50 bill for, uh, if, you know, groceries that were, I think were like $21. And she said, oh, do you have anything smaller? And I said, with bacon at $16, you don't have change for a 50? I'm, come on. Well, how did she react to that? She laughed. Yeah. Well, that is, that is funny. I went to the bank today because I had to buy some checks. Yes. And so I bought 100 checks. What do you think 100 checks at the bank cost me? I don't know. $66. <laughs> so I had to I had to pay $66 so that I can right. write checks to pay other bills. Right. $66 right. for 100 little sheets of paper. Now everybody would say to you Ted, aren't you paying your bills online? That's what I used to. Well, get. these are these are it's child support, and it has to. Yeah. It, there's just it's a whole thing. It, you have to submit the checks to the government, and then the government uh, passes them along. And and uh, and when I pay my rent too, I I, right. I send it by check. So I mean those che those hundred checks will do me two years. Yeah. But still, come on, sixty six bucks. Come on, yeah. even the bank's gouging me. Yeah. And that brings That's me to my next point. Yes. The teller at the bank called me boss. <laughs> After I was done ordering my checks, he said to me, anything else, boss? Now, now, how did you take that? Do you take that as uh, too familiar? Or do you take yes, that as well, old I'll, guy? I'll, I'll tell you what I wrote on Twitter. The teller at the bank just called me boss. I would expect that kind of casual banter at a garage or drive through but in a more formal professional setting like a bank, okay, boss, seems like an overly familiar response to put the money in the fucking bag. <laughs> so obviously I made that last part up. That was a joke. Yes. But yeah, I thought it was entirely inappropriate. I didn't say anything. I let no. it go, but I thought that it was I thought it was unprofessional. In a bank, I thought that for a teller to say to a client of to call a client of a bank boss, I thought that was unprofessional. I don't even like it when my son's friends as an example, I, Charlie, uh, I was driving Charlie uh, somewhere one night and he said, "Charlie's 20, 21." He said, "We got to pick up my buddy Nick." So we go and we pick up Nick, and Nick, who I've never met before, and Nick hops into the car and says, how you doing, chief? <laughs> <laughs> and another one of his friends, the first time I met him, he called me captain. Hey, Cap captain. Yeah. And in those hey, situations. Asshole, I'm not in the Navy. <laughs> in those situations, it's everything I can do not to become Red Foreman from that 70s show. <laughs> <laughs> who was uh what was the character what was the main character's name in that 70s show it was his dad yeah, yeah. um I, I don't remember but i was i before i forget you know they're doing a new one called that 90s show i did not yeah and the two parents are the same and the kids are all different and the uh, decade is different 
Um, but I, 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 you and I were raised the same way. Um, as our old, uh, as your old friend, your old English buddy would say, that's not on. Yeah. Michael McNally. <laughs> that's not, that's on, not dude, on, man. I, you know what? When I, I still refer, I don't know, but I, I'm 64 years old and I still oh. refer to some people as Mr. And Miss or Mrs. I a hundred percent do the neighbors in yeah. my, where I grew up, yes. uh, my friend's parents, if I were ever to run into them, it would still be, hello, Mr. Smith. Hello, Mrs. Yes. Smith. How are you? Yeah, and those those you know adult, uh, you know when we became adults, my friends' parents would say, "Come on, call me Charlie," and I was like, "I can't, I just can't, I can't do it." It's true. And, <laughs> yeah, and because you're I, afraid your father will come out of a bush and give you the back of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and you see it all the time now, you know, and it's it's the old, uh, you know, if you're not watching, it's the old. Yeah. <laughs> what I used to get, I would get the glasses down on the edge of the nose. Yeah. If I got one of these with the yeah. glasses on the end of the nose, I'd, you, I knew I'd run a foul. But it, followed by, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's exactly it. What did you like, say? <laughs> like just daring you to repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> the reply to what what did you say is usually nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it it's an upbringing thing. We we uh, we grew up at a different time with uh, with I I don't know if different values is is the right word, but I know that my own my own kids would I don't think either any of them would ever call. Uh, a grown-up chief or bro or buddy right. or dude, they wouldn't call them Mr. and Mrs. They call all of my friends and, and all of their mom's friends by uh, their first name. The Mr. and Mrs. thing has gone by the wayside, it seems. And I never insisted on that when they were growing up because I recognize that you know we're in different times now and that's just the way it is. But I cannot... I mean, can you picture Sam Bird ever saying to... Uh, to one of my friends, meeting one of my friends and going, hey, bro, how's it going? Yeah, no, it, it it's, you know what? I, I, we live in different times, but it's just not appropriate, Ted. It's not appropriate, and it doesn't, I don't think it it, it prepares you for what you're going to face in the world over the coming years. Yeah. I just don't think it's a, it's appropriate. Well, I think this kid at the bank today, this teller, and he was a kid, he was in probably in his mid-20s. Uh, if he had said that to the wrong client? yeah. He would have been in trouble. He would have been taken into the office and told, you don't, you know, you, you have to be more respectful. You have to, it was unprofessional is what yeah. it was. So what what's happening in, in that situation where the kid gets in the car and calls you chief? Um, are you at a point where you're just like, oh, well, that's. Yeah. The yeah. I just, I bite today. my tongue. It's not worth, it's not worth really? the battle. Yeah. It, it really isn't. And and what I did was I just I just posted about it afterwards. That's huh. on social media. That's how I vent. I posted about it. I told the story, and, and then I included a is it a gif? Is that what you call it? Yeah. The, the short little videos yeah, yeah. of of Red Foreman from that '70s show, and he's got a he's got the garden hose. And Eric Eric that was the kid's name. He's sitting on the hood of the car, and he comes around the corner with the garden hose and nails him with the garden hose because he's obviously done something to displease yeah. his father. <laughs> I good on you because I don't think I could have held my tongue. 
I, I don't think I. You know, well, you know what? If I if I ever heard any of my children do that, I would yeah. say something to them. Yeah. But yeah. this is not this is not my kid, and it's just not worth the battle. Yeah, I guess. But it'll be the last time that I ever pop by and and pick him up. <laughs> it's the last time he's ever getting to drive a ride from me. Yeah, he's <laughs> call one of your other bros. Yeah, when he says to Charlie, "Where's your chief?" <laughs> Charlie will say he's not coming. <laughs> we got to walk. <laughs> okay, that's one way to handle it. Mm -hmm. Hey, speaking of tweets and Twitter and uh, everything else, uh, you mentioned to me before we started the podcast today, let's get to the tweet sheet early. And I don't know if this is early, but we may as well get to it, shall we? Why not? Do you want to uh, thank a sponsor first or do the tweet okay. sheet and then thank a sponsor? All right, we can do both. Let me tell you about Merson Automotive. I was I oh. took the uh, I took the <laughs> I took the Bavarian money pit to Merson this week because okay. uh, because I got a warning light on the dash yeah. for uh, for a lamp, a burned out lamp, and I went in thinking to myself, oh for Christ's sake, you know the last time I had to replace a headlight on this car, I think it was over a hundred dollars just for a headlight. So I took it in and uh, and a. Uh, I stopped. I didn't make an appointment. I just stopped in and said, listen, have you got a minute? Can you look at this? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Because the, the winter tire rush was over. So they take it out back. They look at it. They call me into the back. What it was, it was the light that illuminates the license plate in the back. Oh. And it was, a, it was an aftermarket light. Whoever owned the car before me put this little aftermarket light on it. And, and uh, Charlie said, you know, we can replace that if you want to. If you don't want to replace it, you'll just have to live with the uh, with the warning light coming on when you start the car. And I thought, well, I don't need that. I don't need that little light. I don't. I don't need to replace that. I don't want to spend money on that. So I'll live. I'll live with with the warning light. Now they could very easily have have said something else. They could have just made something up and said, "Oh boy." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm not sure, but can't you get a ticket if your your plate isn't illuminated? I'm not. I'm not sure. I guess I'll find out. But I would. Yeah. I would have thought that if I could, if if that was the case, they would have told me. In any event, they were honest with me. That's the point, and that's yeah. why I go to Merson, and I know that's why you went to Merson when you lived here. They will always be upfront and honest with you because they know that's what keeps you coming back year after year after year, and generation after generation after generation. They're a third-generation family business, and they've had families, three different generations of families come to them for automotive service and for uh, tires, which is the Merson specialty, uh, summer and winter tires. And uh, you'll do right by them too. Uh, if you're looking for an honest mechanic, if you're looking for a place where you know you're going to get treated right, Merson Automotive. They're on Saint-Jacques, just west of Cavendish, and you can find them online at mersonauto.com. The podcast is also supported by another family business called Matla Bonner, and I've been uh, doing commercials for them for many years now because the same kind of thing. Went into that store one day and thought to myself, geez, this is a well-run organization with friendly people at the counter. I wonder who's behind this. And sure enough, I found out it's a family-run business that's been around for over 25 years now, started in a small, a small store in uh, Saint-Genevieve on Gwaine Boulevard. That store is still there. And now there are locations all over the greater Montreal area. If you're looking for a mattress 
or anything that has anything to do with a better night's sleep, and that includes pillows and linens, uh, mattress covers, whatever it is that you need to have a better night's sleep, the folks at Matelas Bonheur are keeping an eye out for you. They're staying up to date on the latest sleep technologies. They can get you a mattress no matter which way you sleep, on your side, on your stomach, on your back. If you're looking for a highly tech, uh, technologically uh, sophisticated bed, because there's lots of those out now, or you just need something for the guest room, they can handle it. When you arrive, you'll be welcomed warmly, asked a couple of questions, and then left on your own, as they suggest some of the uh, products that they have in the store, they won't pressure you. They're not going to follow you around and try and pressure you into buying anything. It's a lovely shopping experience. And when you go in, tell them you listen to the Standing By podcast and use one of the codes Terry04 or TED05, and they'll give you an extra 5% off no matter, it doesn't matter what you buy, you'll get 5% off whether you shop in person or online. Matlabunner.ca. Time for the tweet sheet. Time for the tweet sheet. Found some good ones this week. I do this uh, feature on uh, the morning show on Light 1067 uh, every day, and uh, there are some tweets that are too salty for the radio. So that's uh, that's what the hold uh, on, hold on. That's what before, the podcast tweet sheet is for. Before you read anything, hold on. All right then. Aha. Poseidon's getting them all lined up for us. Yeah. Alrighty. Good to go. Yep. You will like this name, Tear? This one's from at Paperbag Wino. <laughs> <laughs> what what if I drank a Coors and pissed in a Sprite? Makers of <laughs> makers of Mountain Dew. <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh, hold on. Yeah, From at Shen the Bird, Maid of Honor speech. I would never imagine that 14 years of beautiful friendship would lead us to this day when I can say Jessica has truly found her soulmate. Best man speech. This guy has a weird dick. I've seen it. It's <laughs> <laughs> very uh, true. Oh, yeah. From at FML Sweetly. If you're ever taking a shit in the sink at a TGI Fridays in Peebles, Ohio, and a, <laughs> and a guy in a duck mask comes in and asks if he can join you at the next sink, get the fuck away from that weirdo. <laughs> That's so gross. Isn't it, though? <laughs> so disgusting. And here's a bonus one for you, Tara, from at okay. Joe Parker Bear. 7 p.m., think I'll do some reading, then turn in early. 2 a.m., drunk eating barbecue chicken pizza. Let's go to the fucking zoo. What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I've done that. I was gonna say yeah. In there. We yeah we didn't but we didn't go to the zoo. You know what we did. I was in I was in I was home in New Brunswick. This was back yeah. in the early eighties. I was home. Uh, I lived in Toronto at the time. Home in New Brunswick on vacation and uh, got uh, all liquored up with a bunch of my old buddies. And at two o'clock in the morning, we decided we were going to PEI. <laughs> and away we went. And the most sober one dro drove until the other one. One of the other ones sobered up, and then he drove. I think we took two cars, as I recall. Drove to PEI in the middle of the night. And from Fredericton, that's about a five-hour haul. 
Well, you know, I recall a time, and uh, this is this will be a story with no names, when we made the same kind of decision. This is years ago. This is long before 9/11, long before there was any kind of um, any kind of uh, fierce enforcement at the border. And uh, we went to Vermont, and I was with uh, a couple of uh, people. Um, I wasn't driving, but the guy who was driving the car uh, in the lineup fell asleep at the wheel. And the the border guard had to come out of his his hut and walk to the uh, walk to the car and bang on the hood. And that was us, you know, I don't know what time of the night it was deciding that's the game Vermont kids. <laughs> and I, I, I you know what? We got across the border and I, I don't recall how. Yeah, I think I think times were were different back then. I think that there was a a little bit more. I don't know if tolerance is the right word. You get away with shit back then. I mean, I had a couple of instances where I got pulled over, and I yeah. know I would have blown over on the breathalyzer, and they let me go. I don't know why, but oh they God. just said go home. Yeah, and I went home. Well, that, that, you know, I was telling somebody this uh, a couple of months ago. That that was back in the the late seventies. That was the standard uh, instruction usually when you got pulled over was, you know, they looked at your address and said, well, you know, you don't have far to go. Go straight home. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, that's that's kind of absurd when you think of what I don't know what we were thinking. No, nor do I. Nor do I. Did I ever tell you my custom story uh, when I was going to Chicago? And uh, I might have told you this story. I don't think I've told it on the podcast, though. This made me laugh so hard. And because you know, you know how serious the the border guards yeah. can be and have to be, but especially the American guys. Every once in a while, you get GI Joe, right? Yeah. As an American border guard, so I was going to Chicago. It might have been one of the trips that we took there when we were when we were shooting commercials down there back when we worked at Mix ninety six. Right. And and um, so I, I'm at U.S. Customs at Dorval Airport. I pass the guy my passport, and you know how they slide it through the thing, right? Right. They slide it through their uh, the side of the computer screen, and then they look at the computer screen to see what comes up. So, so Buddy slides the thing. He's he's looking at the computer screen, and he's handing it back to me as he's looking. And then at the last minute, he snaps it back again, and he says to me, "You ever have any trouble with customs in Mexico?" And I said, "Not that I recall." And he said, "Oh, you'd recall." <laughs> <laughs> And I, I laughed out loud because his delivery was just so great. Oh, you'd recall. <laughs> and did you did you get through? Was it I okay? got through? Yeah, I don't know why he asked me that, and maybe he was, I don't know, maybe he was practicing for a part in a movie. I don't know, <laughs> but the line was beautifully delivered. Not that I recall. Oh, you'd recall. <laughs> You know what we were I was giving this some thought the other day I was watching an interview with somebody who talked about I can't remember who it was it was movie star or something and uh, oh I know what it, what it was I was listening to Jason Bateman's uh, podcast Smartless and um, him and his colleagues got to talking about their uh, their wild and wacky days in their 20s and 30s and uh, much to my delight uh, Jason Bateman said you know, we were nuts. We overdid it. We had some crazy nights, and I don't regret a single minute of it. We had a ball, 
And I, I was thinking about that the other night. I was thinking about, you know, our 20s and 30s and even into our 40s, actually. Um, we, we all were, not you, because you, you've, been, uh, you've been sober for many years now. Yeah, but right into my late 30s, I was yeah. going hard. Yeah. And I, I, you don't regret any of it, do you? No, but, but I'm also grateful that nothing ever happened that I yes. might regret, you know? And yes. I, think, I think it's easy to say I don't regret any of it if you, haven't, if you weren't in a drunk driving accident that killed right. somebody. Right. You know, that makes it easy to say, I don't regret any of it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I've also, uh, I've also heard it said, I hear this uh, a lot at AA meetings. Uh, people will say, my worst day sober is better than my best day drunk. Mine's not. <laughs> I had some great times. I had some great times oh, when I was drinking and I've yeah. had some really shitty, shitty days in sobriety. Yeah. So, and I bring that up too, when somebody says that at a meeting and you're not supposed to cross talk, uh, and, and, you know, I, I managed to tiptoe through the minefield and technically get around cross talking, which cross talking means you're not supposed to comment on what somebody else says. Uh, but I say that I say, you know, that, you know, if you think for one minute that my worst day sober, it was better than my best day drunk, then you obviously didn't go drinking with me because we had, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. We had some great times. Yeah, and 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 I had some spectacular, you know, when I think about it, um, and maybe this will go into a book one day. I had some spectacular conversations. I remember, you know, in the heydays in the eighties and early nineties, I remember leaving some locked bars. You know, we knew bar owners that would would lock the doors after three AM and and continue to serve drinks. If there was somebody there, they didn't want to leave. And these were profile people. They were, you know, either people in show business or people in sports. Um, and I would never, never tell any names. But I can remember leaving some places after some spectacular, spectacular conversations with some fascinating people that I would never in a million years have been able to meet. And going out the, going out the, uh, the door at like 6.30 in the morning, you know, and shielding your eyes from the sun. <laughs> my eyes. And, and, and doing that, you know, doing that, oh, my God, walk home or take the bus or whatever it was after, you know, after having been up all night. That didn't happen very often. But I, I, look, I look back on it with fondness because now I'm a, uh, maybe I have a martini or two, maybe a month. Well, that's the difference between you and me. I would not have been yeah. able to slow it down, and uh, I recognize that. I, you know, I recognized it in yeah. myself, and I recognized it from from family history, and uh, so that's why I, I uh, eventually made the decision to uh, to go the sober route. But uh, but yeah, um, honest to God, God, I've heard it also said God takes care of drunks and fools, and I'm both, and I think that's how I got through all those drinking years without any life-altering consequences. As yeah. a matter of fact, most of the life-altering things that have happened to me have happened to me in sobriety mm -hmm. uh, as a result of me making some some fairly stupid decisions, yeah. stone-cold sober. And that's, <laughs> and that's because whether I'm drinking or not, if I let yeah. my pride and ego dictate my decisions, I'll make some bad decisions. Right. And, I, and, and that's happened... Uh, a couple of times. Right. Yeah. So, you know, but what are you going to do? You uh, you end up living with the consequences. 
There are some, you know, they when I look back, and I guess this is uh this is part and parcel of the age I'm at now. You know, when you look back, especially in retirement, and you look back on, you know, what your professional life was and and some of the things that you did and some of the occasions that you had. And I I've been a very, very lucky and privileged guy. I've worked very, very hard, but I also was lucky enough to work in the broadcast game when when broadcasting was a, a very special, you know. Uh, business. I don't think it is anymore. Um, we worked in its heyday and, um, you know, from watching hockey games in loges with, you know, Guy Lafleur to having dinner with, you know, some spectacular people to, you know, being able to order some spectacular bottles of wine. I don't know if you were telling this story on the podcast, but wasn't it you and me that ordered an expensive bottle of wine in Chicago? And, um, was it was it you and yeah, me? Yeah, it was I forget I yeah. think this we were having a private conversation with someone yeah. not too long ago. And yeah, Terry ordered a three hundred dollar bottle of wine at Morton Steakhouse in Chicago. And I said to him, and this is when I was still drinking, I said, You're out of your fucking mind. We didn't spend three hundred dollars on a bottle of wine. For Christ's sake, spend spend eighty dollars and you'll get a nice bottle of wine. No, no, no. He says, I want this one. I think it was a Shadow Margot. Yeah. So I it's so. so it comes to the table. It comes to the table and uh, and and I took a sip and it was like drinking velvet. It was so good. It was so good and it was worth every fucking penny of the three hundred dollars. And when we get up and left the table, the guy who we were with, who we were doing business with, us when we were in in Chicago shooting TV commercials, it was the producer of the commercial. He left ha his glass half full. And we're walking away from the table, and I'm looking back at that glass. Longingly. With, oh, my God, going, could, would it be inappropriate if I went back <laughs> in this fancy steakhouse and just yeah. slammed back that last half glass of wine? Hang on a second. I forgot my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was some good stuff. And I wasn't even a red wine guy, but holy shit, that oh, was good. Yeah, that uh, that's, a, that's a bottle that... Uh, old friend of mine used to say ribbons on the tongue. Yeah. That's a great, yep. that's a great way of describing it. It was, uh, I don't know. I don't know what goes into making wine that good, but uh holy old shit. That was good. Yeah. That's, these are the, you know, these are some of the stories that, that I recall from, you know, when, when Jason Bateman made that comment and I, I kind of went on a, you know, sort of a, a uh, memory trail of my own. And I started to think about some of the nights, including that night in Chicago, where I thought to myself, <clears throat> excuse me, there may have been, uh, there may have been, you know, one extra bottle of wine too many, or maybe one martini too many or whatever. Um, but some of the, some of the days were spectacular and I look back at them and, and they, they were a lot of fun. And also, you, you know, it was, a, it was an age where it, it was a little more tolerable you, know, you bounce back quicker. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how well I'd bounce back these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when was the last time you got hammered? When was the last time you got uh, drunk? Uh, years ago. I can't remember now. Yeah. It's years ago. And I, it, Jess and I have this guilty pleasure when we're we're embarrassed to admit that we watch a television show on the Bravo Network called Below Deck. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's a, a television show of it's all about uh crews on super yachts and they have a below deck in the Mediterranean and they have a below deck in Norway and whatever. So there's 
you know, there's they. It's a reality show, and it's unbelievably cheesy. And I can't believe I admit I watch it. But my my wife and I love it, absolutely love it. And the crew, of course, they're all in their twenties. You know, the guys that work on deck, the people that work in the kitchen, and you know, the people that work in the interior, as they call it, making sure the bedrooms are are all uh, well kept and service. You know, when you rent a yacht. You've got a staff, and this television show focuses on the staff. And when their their charters are over, they the the television crews follow them out for dinner and and their their nights off, and they get so shit faced, <laughs> like they just get rata drunk, you know. Um, and uh, and the next morning they you know they've all got to be at work at seven a.m. and they all oh, got Jesus. And, I, and how and I, old are they? And I remember doing. I remember doing that. You bounce back quick. They're they're all in their twenties, okay. you know, like mid to late twenties. Yeah. And uh, that I think that's part of it. You you're you're a little you're a little dumber, and you're you can tolerate a little more. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it was always. It wasn't the physical pain of a hangover. It was the. Uh, uh, what the, what the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous describes as the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I relate to that. That's how I knew I was in the right place. The first time I read that, I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had that. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, did you have a hangover cure? No, sir. No, me neither. No, no. And I was not one of those uh, hair of the dog guys. I wasn't like, no. I would never, no, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't reach into the fridge for a beer at uh, seven o'clock in the morning. My, our, our late great friend whom I miss all the time, Mike Sinell used to, he, you know, he would be part of the gang uh, on some of those late nights. And he used to be convinced that a Big Mac would fix you up. And oftentimes when he lived in NDG and I lived in NDG, there'd be a knock on the door at about 10, 30 or 11 o'clock and he'd be standing there with a Big Mac for me. 10, 30, 11 o'clock the next morning. Yeah, 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 because he'd say, I'm here with the cure, I'm here with the cure. Yeah, well, I've heard it said that that anything greasy, like the grease yeah. will soak up the residual yeah. alcohol. So, you know, go down to Cosmos and have a mishmash oh, omelet and, yeah. <laughs> and that'll uh, help with your ham your uh, hangover. Does Poseidon um, want to weigh in on this? Do you have I mean, a hangover cure, Poseidon? Uh, it's not a, a cure, but it's more of a pre pre preventative. When I was in Greece, and we used to drink a lot in Greece, because you party until like 7 in the morning yeah. in Greece, they don't close. Uh, you would have a, uh, not a, a teaspoon, a, uh, uh, I think a teaspoon actually, a teaspoon um, of oil, olive oil. Mm -hmm. You'll just... Drink that up, and it created kind of like a layer, and it slowed it down, basically. Okay. I think it, so you would have that before you started drinking? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, before. And uh, I never had a hangover. Uh, I slept uh -huh. well. It was good. And, now, and I could last a really long time. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now, you say when I was in Greece, did you live there for a while? or you No, just no, I've uh, like vacation. vacation, vacation. Okay. Yeah. How, what's the longest period of time you spent there? A month. Okay. And where did you go? Where in Greece? Oof, I went to or all Hios, Kriti. Um, my family's parts. Okay. Is that I'm mainland or islands? Uh, mainland and islands. Okay. Islands, I haven't done too many islands. I've only done two islands. I've only done Crete mm -hmm. and uh, Hios. Hios is one of my, my childhood uh, best friend. Uh, it's where he's from, where his family's from. Okay. Um, so, yeah. 
I did Skiathos. Skiathos. Yeah, Skiathos is is uh, it's very lush, uh, uh, beautiful beaches, uh, lots of trees, and then I did the exact opposite, which is Santorini, which is very well known and is a volcanic island, yeah. and is the oh, most. Skiathos is very small though; it's off the mainland. Yeah. yeah. Santorini is the most beautiful place I've ever been, and I think I say that, Ter, because I've never been to Amalfi. Mm. I think if I ever went to Amalfi, I might go, oh, boy, this this, this yeah. is giving Santorini a run for its money. Yeah. Santorini is beautiful. I, a good good, a good friend of ours, Vince, Vincenzo, said to me once, what are you going to go to Greece for? <laughs> Italy's right there. <laughs> Don't say that in front of Poseidon. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's funny. That's so Italian too, eh? It's never, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, but when you stand on the Amalfi Coast, you kind of go, oh, yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> Scatho sounds like something my dermatologist would tell me I have. <laughs> Ooh, you got a patch of scaphos there. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I'm so fucking itchy. I got skiathos. <laughs> That's funny. One, one, one of the things, one of the thing, I never, I, I olive oil, I think would make me barf. So I don't know, but never, never drink on an empty stomach. Mm -hmm. And remember this, you learn very, very young. Hey kids, never don't mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't mix. Yeah, partying, don't mix. You know, don't, don't do the, uh, I think I'll start off with the Jack Daniels and then I'll switch to the vodka <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll have a couple of pink ladies and maybe oh, a Christ. couple of brown cows. Yeah. Hey, whenever Jesus. I stuck to one alcohol, I could, I could drink, yeah. but then I, the moment I put anything else in my mouth, when, when you were a teenager or when you were younger and, and didn't have a lot of money, did you have a cheap liquor of choice? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's, and and uh, we, I, I refer to it as the unfortunate apple cider. <laughs> I, I, I haven't, I have not been able to smell or, or even take a sip of apple cider in almost 50 years because of that. Wow. Because apple cider, when we were kids in Pierrefonds, you could pick up apple cider for like two bucks, Yeah, you know, and you could throw like a, you know, each throw in a dollar and then, you know, chug an apple cider and, uh, oh, my God, pay the price for that. What about yourself, Ted? I, would, I think it was just your parents' liquor. What's no, that? Golden Nut Cooking Sherry. Oh, it's a New Brunswick cooking God. sherry called Golden Nut. And you could get a 70-ounce jug of it or a 66, I guess oh. it was 66 ounces, about the size of a, of a thing of windshield washer fluid. <laughs> For five dollars and seventy cents. Oh Christ! And you, nice. we would drink that stuff, and we would be hungover for three days. Oh my God! White <laughs> cooking wine, basically. And yeah, yeah. And you had you had to you had to drink it ice cold because if you drank it warm, you would throw up until your insides were coming out. Uh, it was just god awful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but at $5.70 for a 66-ouncer, you couldn't go yeah. wrong. There was another uh, New Brunswick, and, and still is a New Brunswick, uh, I believe it's a sherry as well, uh, that I was not familiar with, but a friend of mine uh, who I never knew growing up, but I know him now. He's also from New Brunswick. It's called Kelly's. and <laughs> Kelly's Wine, and and it's the, the cell line is uh, a fine sipping wine with a touch of the old Blarney. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's another one that'll kill you dead if you're not oh, careful. Yeah. <laughs> I I had to last week my uh, my wife Jess was was baking a cake she'd never baked before, and she said, "Do we have any sherry?" And I said, "No, we don't have any sherry. We don't have English <laughs> ants popping over every twenty minutes. <laughs> Why would we have sherry in the house?" And I had to go buy sherry at the local liquor store, and I had to ask for help. I because I I just so unfamiliar with it. Yeah, and I and I guess that's why. Oh boy, bad bad stuff. When oh, I yeah. took my uh, when I took my ten year AA cake because in Alcoholics Anonymous you celebrate your quote unquote birthday, and, right? And you have and you get a cake and you share right. the cake. You go to a meeting and some you you get you have your cake presentation. You share the cake. For my ten years, I I brought uh, a black forest cake, not knowing it was made with rum. <laughs> Took the whole room out on a slip. A <laughs> couple of guys get into a fist fight for the last piece. <laughs> but uh, to me, that doesn't count. No, no, no that's not, that's that's the same thing as the the day at uh, Non Solo Penny. You accidentally drank. What did you accidentally? Well, yeah, drink? but that was that was bad. That was uh, well, that was, was that well that I'm yeah sorry. that that was that's different than uh, you know than having a, a piece of cake that has a little da like a tiramisu has a little dash yeah. of rum in it. I think yeah. no, that was uh, I drank half a can of malt liquor thinking it was a carbonated coffee beverage. Right. Yeah, and because I didn't look at the label closely enough, and Sam came. <laughs> I met Sam and, and Danielle there, and when they arrived, I I was already there. And Sam said, "Dad, you know you're drinking a beer, eh?" I Jesus. looked at the label and went, "Oh Christ!" Wow. And so I poured the rest out and I threw the can away. And Sam says, well, "What does that What does that mean, Dad? Does that mean you have to start again?" And I said, "Well, if I end up closing down Pub Koozie in Saint Anne de Bellevue tonight." And at three yes. o'clock tomorrow morning, I'm snorting cocaine off a hooker's ass crack. Then yes, I'll probably have to start again. Otherwise, it's an honest mistake. I only drank half a can. I didn't get drunk, so I think I get a mulligan. A lovely father-son chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's old enough now that I can talk to yeah. him like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not something I would have said to him when he was eight. No. But you <laughs> You didn't um you you didn't feel the effects of that, did you? No, after after he told me, after he pointed yeah. out it was a beer, I sat there and I went, Am I feeling a little bit lightheaded? Wow. And I think but I, that might have been psychosomatic. It might have been all yeah. it was it was like you know, do you get a buzz off half a can of beer? Well, that's the other thing that I've noticed now is um, you know, I and you knew me well, Ted. I, I could really um I could really hold my liquor as mm -hmm. it were. Yeah. Now, uh, like uh, after two martinis, I start to feel not lightheaded, but uh, I've had know. tea martinis. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not slurring my words. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I think to myself, well, it's just it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, Finnegan. <laughs> Here, little no, kitty. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay. No problem whatsoever. Oh, we, Christ. We, Ted, and I, Ted and I have a favorite, favorite all-time uh, behind-the-scenes. Uh, uh, it's not really a blooper, but it's a clip that we cannot find, and I wish we could, of a guy who said, I'll work New Year's Eve <laughs> in Calgary. <laughs> and... 
and he was a newscaster, and I guess they must have been having a party at the station because I was it the midnight news he was reading. No, or no, like it was it was uh, it was six o'clock in the morning. Oh, and there you go. Yeah, right. he had obviously come directly from the from the party or the bar right. to the radio station to do the news. And the newscast started with the, you know, the little news stinger. They, ba 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 And he comes on and he goes, it's minus four at 6.03. It's seven degrees. <laughs> so it all went downhill yeah, from there. A, he got on three minutes late. And B, there was an 11-degree temperature swing in about two seconds. So, yeah. and it What was, year was this? Oh, this is like 1980. Yeah. I heard that. I first heard that in uh, about 1990, so it probably happened in the late 80s. Right. I don't think it ever, uh, it's not something, it would not have gone viral because it happened too long ago. Yeah. Like, I think that tape has probably been lost to the sands of time. Yeah, um, much much to the uh, no, much to the newsreader's uh, delight, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, although, and I, I'm, I won't name names here, but, but you sent me one from Calgary of a... Uh, a newscaster in a similar state that's an absolute scream. Yeah. It's yeah. just an absolute scream. Yeah, but I never uh, I never would have made that public and I never would. He was a good friend and a colleague. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I would never embarrass anybody just, like that. It just wasn't one of his uh, wasn't one no. of his better days. No, you know no. what I'd like to do? What's that, sir? I'd like to invent something and get wealthy. Do you have any ideas? Um, let's see. Uh, no, sir, not a one. Well, I had an idea, and I ran it up the flagpole with uh, Sean from <laughs> uh, Voswin, and he laughed and laughed and laughed. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to say what the idea is because I think it's a great idea, and uh, and someday, uh, even if it's not me, someone's going to come up with that invention, and they're going to make a fortune. But let's say you have an idea, uh, or you have an existing service or product, and there's an engineering component to it that you can't quite figure out. That's when you call Sean Smith and the team at Voswin. They are engineering consultants and engineering uh, of multiple disciplines, mechanical and industrial engineering and design, electrical engineering and design, software engineering and design. They are an award-winning engineering consulting firm. And whether you're an inventor or an innovator or someone who's already in a specific business or a specific trade, and you have something that you're thinking about or working on, and there's something there that you just can't get it to click, and it has an engineering component, go to Voswin. That's what they do. They'll help you. They'll help you figure it out. And if it's an invention or an innovation, they'll help you get it to market. That is their specialty. Voswin. Stop the spin. Call Voswin. Vision to innovation. Voswin.com. And I was thrilled to hear from the folks at uh, Voswin that um, somebody listening to the podcast got in touch with them. Yep. So if you think, why is Voswin uh, supporting the podcast with these two knuckleheads? <laughs> it's, they actually are on to a good thing, I think. Yep, for sure. It's uh, it's just it's such a it's such a a great and and unique service, and uh, you know, when you're stuck, right. you need somebody to unstick you. That's right. And and that's what Voswin uh, that's what Voswin does. They're problem solvers. Yeah. With the uh, the internet, I thought you said you know when you suck. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. <laughs> 
like me getting the the name of the radio station wrong the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I called it Like 1067. <laughs> First word out of my mouth on a Monday morning show, Like 1067. Well, that's a bad start to the week. What are you going to do? Uh, somebody asked me, we're, we're recording this uh, on the verge of Christmas. Well, not on the verge of Christmas, but Christmas is a few weeks away. And somebody asked me if we were doing a Christmas episode this year, and I said we're not. Um, but I wanted to mention, Ted, that we do have a Christmas episode of the podcast up available online if you want to grab it. Um, it was a Christmas episode we did last year. We talked to your mom. We talked to my mom. We got permission from the Reed family uh, to uh, use some uh, clips of Paul Reed, the classic Montreal Christmas show. Um, and um, PJ I, I was, Stock was one of our guests for that yeah. show. Talked yeah, about talked about being an NHL player on the road over the Christmas yeah. holidays. And I was looking at it online, and uh, you know, it was a good number of people who who checked it out last year. And one of the hallmarks of uh, my time on the radio in Montreal was the Christmas show I did on the the Friday before I went away on holidays, and I absolutely loved doing that show. And we used that as kind of a template to do the Christmas episode uh, last year. And uh, we're not going to do an, we're not going to do one this year because we, we haven't planned for it. We don't have time for it. I can't travel, et cetera, et cetera. The sun was in my eyes. Dog ate my homework. But if you you want to put on the Christmas episode, um, you can go to YouTube and just type in Terry and Ted podcast, uh, or go to Spotify or Apple wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, when you're uh, making cookies or whatever and, you know, we're wrapping gifts, you, you can pop it on. And if you missed it last year, it's, uh, it's a nice replacement for uh, uh, the Christmas show we used to do on the radio. I don't think the radio does those kinds of things anymore. So um, you can use the Christmas podcast um, as, uh, as a Christmas show uh, this year, if you like. Just uh, uh, wherever you find your podcasts, you know, you're listening to this podcast. So where you got this podcast if you uh, you type in the Christmas show, you can probably find that episode there. What do you want for Christmas? I you know what? Do you I have was, a wish list? I don't, and and I was I feel bad for my wife because uh, Jess Jess was saying you know because I got nothing but time on my hands. All my Christmas shopping was done by the the beginning of of December uh, because I can't travel. Jess and I are doing Christmas alone. Uh, just me and her for the first time since we've been together. Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I agree. Um, because you know what? Because of our family's locations and, and you know, family politics, whatever, um, we haven't had a Christmas together yet. Uh, our Christmases have always been with our, our families in a separate fashion because of travel and distance and whatever. So this year, for the first time since we've been married, since we've been together... Um, we're going to spend uh, Christmas on our own, um, and we are going to miss our families terribly. Um, but um, anyway, the 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 we're trying to decide, you know, how the the celebration is going to go. And she was worried about what what to get me, and I said, you know what? At this and this, you you probably know this, Ted. In in your sixties, you don't really need anything. No, right? You've you've. You've got, you know, you've got, you know, you might want a, a new shirt or maybe you're running out of socks or you shouldn't be wearing that pair of underwear or whatever. But, you know, you don't, you don't need anything for the house. You don't, you know, you've got plates and dishes and couches and, you know, you're set up for an adult life, have been for a while. And I, I don't really, you know, I don't really, 
I don't really need any anything, and I, I just I like the I like the trappings of Christmas. We have a tree, and uh, it's decorated, and it's up, and uh, there's some presents under it, um, and uh, it it doesn't really really matter to me. What matters to me is who's around me and and what we're going to do uh, on Christmas Day. Hopefully, we'll be able to have a traditional Christmas meal, and uh, and maybe I'll have a martini. There you go. Maybe you'll have tea martinis. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah, I don't. Need, I don't really need anything either. Uh, but uh, how about a phone call? How about giving the old man a call sometime? Maybe oh, fucking pop by and say hello one of these days. How about that, eh? To God. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, I'd like. They, a, they don't. Nobody. They don't leave you alone on Christmas, do they? No. Well, no, but they do for the other 364 days. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I don't give a shit about Christmas. Pop right. by and see me sometime. I'm right up the street for Christ's sake. Or failing that, get me a Land Rover. I'll take a Land Rover, please. A Land Rover would be nice. The kids uh, all pitch in. They should well, be yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know the owners at Jaguar Land Rover Laval. I'm sure they'd give them an excellent interest rate, maybe shave a point or two. And uh, it doesn't have to be the nicest one in the showroom. It doesn't have to be the Range Rover. It could just be a Defender. It could even be the smaller version of the Defender. I would take that. It could be the Jaguar F-Pace. That's a nice SUV as well. What's the 550 horsepower one, Poseidon? The SVR? Yeah, the SVR. Yeah, that would be nice. That's tad pricey, though. Uh, that's, uh, that's the F-Pace. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you get, yeah, you get what you pay for. I mean, by a tad pricey, I mean it's more than uh, it's more than the regular F-Pace, and probably probably run you more than a Defender. I'm not too sure. So yeah, just get me the Defender. That's okay. uh, I'll, I'll I'll settle for that. Go up to Jaguar Land Rover Laval and say, uh, yeah, hi, uh, uh, we're Ted Bird's kids, and uh, he said that you'd give us a deal on a on a Land Rover Defender, and that I'm sure. Simple. That Nino and Renato would take care of you. Speaking of Nino and Renato, here's something that occurred to me when I was watching the World Cup. I know Italy's not in it this year, yeah. but let's say Italy was in it and Italy took on England. What a conundrum that would be for them. Oh, boy. Yeah, as they sell a luxury British car brand, but Nino and Renato, as you can tell by their names, are as Italian as, as, uh, as it gets. I wonder where their loyalties would lie. I'm guessing with Italy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm guessing the same thing. I think the home country wins out there. Yeah, I think around the dealership they might dress it up in England colors. Yeah, uh, but I think uh, in their heart and in their homes, uh, they would be all about uh, Italy. If you go to Land Rover Jaguar Laval, you will be greeted with Italian hospitality. By the way, and more li more likely to get a a cappuccino or espresso than a cup of tea. Although if you insisted on a cup of tea, you could probably get one of those too. Good people and a great product. Jaguar yeah. Land Rover Laval. Go to LandRoverLaval.com or JaguarLaval.com. And we thank them for their ongoing support of standing by the Terry and Ted podcast. And as I've said many times before, don't be intimidated. If you want to just go see, just go see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's one of the nice things about that family. You know, I... I've talked about this on the podcast before. I used to, you know, when I was a kid, I was intimidated to go into museums. I used to think museums were just for rich people. And a lot of times, you know, people are like, oh, I can't go in there. You know, I, I, I really, I can't buy a new Jaguar today. That doesn't matter. If you want to wander around and have a look and do some dreaming, they're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Or go to the museum and go, hey, why is that guy's dick showing? 
<laughs> well, that's Michelangelo's David. <laughs> what, he couldn't afford pants? <laughs> Very sophisticated. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, a square in, uh, <laughs> you know, my buddy, Tim. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a long time friend of mine and, uh, we were in Italy together a couple of times and Florence is, is my, I think it's my favorite city in the world. Um, you know, when I'm traveling, Florence is, is just such a very, very special place. And it's just, it's filled with art and elegance and great food and wonderful people. And, you know, if you've traveled to Italy before, you know about this, there's most of the, the towns in Italy have many, many squares, gathering places, piazzas, they're called. And, um, there's this one piazza and I, I can't remember the name of it right now that isn't too far from the Ponte Vecchio, uh, and, and, and pretty close to the Arno river. And there's a lot of replicas of different statues in this piazza. And, uh, Tim was standing in, in the middle of the square one day, we we're sipping a coffee and he goes, what do you call this? A square of cocks? <laughs> <laughs> Quite the patron of the arts. <laughs> yes. Everywhere you turned, there was another statue with no pants on. That's funny. Quite he's, elegant. He is so funny, Tim. Yeah. And yeah he's, he's one of the funniest people on the planet. Your imitation of Tim's imitations are some of uh, some of my uh, favorites. Do you, can you can you tell the uh, can you tell the story about the uh, was it a sump not a sump pump but a. Uh, <laughs> It septic a, tank? A septic tank. Can you tell yeah. that story? <laughs> yeah. I, we, the, my buddy Tim that we're talking about had a, a cottage, uh, and a real cottage, like a beautiful old country house, not not, not a country, you know, mansion, not a Muskoka cottage, a real, and, you know, not a not a Lacquaro cottage or Montremblant cottage. This was... Ramshackle? Yeah, this was a cottage, you know, with some plywood and, yeah. you know... The, you know, with the screen door that squeaked and it was like just a, a cottage. We had many, many wonderful nights there. And um, he, he got to the point where he had to replace his, his septic tank. And he had a guy, you know, and, and where it is up in saint gabriel de Brandon, it's completely uh, français. Uh, it's, it's, there's not a lot of English spoken in that region. And um, he had a, a, a guy come, plumber, whatever it was, and they replaced the septic tank. And uh, he paid the guy, you know, it's not cheap to get a new septic tank. He paid the guy and um, and the guy left. <clears throat> and uh, about 10 hours later, I think, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm telling this story right, but about 10 hours later, uh, Tim's son Charlie is on the side of the house and his flip-flop goes into the, the lawn and gets pulled off his foot. And he reaches down and he realized <clears throat> that the... The lawn is wet, but it's not just wet. It smells like piss and shit. <laughs> and he comes into the house and he says, Dad, I, I think there's something wrong. <laughs> and they go outside and Tim realizes that the pipe, they've done everything except that the pipe has come loose. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know me, I'm not a handy guy. But whatever the pipe to the septic tank from the bathroom wasn't properly attached. And from inside the house, all you could hear was Tim on the phone going, Beno, is she partout, tabarnak? (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, oh. suffice to say they were there quickly <laughs> and Jesus. to rectify the, the problem. That's such a great – that's one of many great Tim stories. We should get yeah. Tim on the podcast sometime. Yeah, actually. He'd, he'd be a be great a guest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'd, he'd be, be a, a great guest. Yeah. Well, I see you looking at your yeah, watch. Yeah, I got to get out of this. <laughs> oh, look at the time. <laughs> if you're listening to this without the video version, that just gander down at his watch, and that's usually, well, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Must go now. Yep. Uh, I guess that's the end of the episode. Seems like. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's once again thank the uh, folks at the UPS Store Canada, our title sponsors for the uh, Standing By podcast, who's helped us uh, with uh, season four, um, and uh, also to our friends at Voswin, Matlabonner, Jaguar Land Rover Laval, and our friends at the Mersons. Um, as we've said many times before, the podcast uh, uh, needs a little bit of support to get it up and running and keep it running. And uh, these people have been longtime friends of ours and longtime supporters of ours. And we're really deeply gratified by all the feedback we're getting on our Facebook page. And I know, Ted, you get stopped by Montrealers who enjoy the, the podcast. And I get some email from people who say, it's, uh, uh, we're sorry you're not on the radio, but uh, we love to hear you on the podcast. And by the way, on Saturdays, I am on the radio with you, Ted. From 9 to noon on Light 1067, Saturday morning with Terry and Ted, 106.7 FM, online at light1067.ca, on the iHeartRadio app, and on your smart speaker. We should also thank Pantelis and Mike Ward for all the logistical and facility support that we get from them. And, of course, thanks to Poseidon for being here to produce the program and to uh, laugh out loud at us uh, whenever we have some kind of misfortune. We're on the Pantelis Comedy Network, Ted. That's right, yeah. You can find us on YouTube. See our handsome faces. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Standing by, the Terry and Ted podcast has been brought to you by the UPS Store Canada. The UPS Store near you is locally owned and operated by a member of your small business community. 